Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us again on PV and Style. And today I have with us Miss Stephanie Franco. She is not only an, ama an amazing strategic marketer, but she's also a phenomenal master networker is what I call her. And she just happens to be someone that I know and is near and dear to my heart. Welcome to PB and Style, the perfect podcast sandwich, where host Andrea Patrick empowers, educates, and encourages you to find your inner influencer and personify their brand. She'll have you tapping into your authentic authority and engaging in a real way. Remember, leadership is a journey, not a destination. Enjoy today's dish. And today we're going to be talking about, uh, like I said, strategic marketing and networking because I really feel like those are two very important um, areas of our business that we have to get a handle on and they really do rely a lot on who we are and the value that we bring to the table and being able to really talk about those things and, and use those, uh, those skill sets that we have that value to bring opportunity to us and to convince other people to use us. And so welcome, 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 Ms. Stephanie. I really appreciate you Thank being you. here today. Thank you for having me. Of course. Okay, guys. So Stephanie is, okay, so let's just do a little uh, disclaimer. Let me just go ahead and get this out here. Um, Stephanie and I are good friends, and we are both talkers, okay? So we might go off on a bit of a tangent. I cannot promise that won't happen. Um, I will try to keep my tangents. Um, to a minimum. Stephanie, you'll have to do the same because you know, girl, when we get yeah. on the phone, it, it can go on and on. Um, but let me give you guys a little bit of background on Stephanie. I know her well, but I want you to know her. Okay, so Stephanie Franco is a small business marketing strategist and speaker with Diversity Solutions Marketing. She recently founded a 501c3 called Women Entrepreneur Resource and Educational Community. She did that in 2016. She's also a brand ambassador for iFundWomen, and that's a crowdfunding platform for women-led startups and businesses. Now, her area of expertise lies within marketing strategy, relationship building, leadership training, networking, and specializes in helping small businesses use email marketing and digital products to drive a business success. Now, she is a very intelligent woman. She has an MBA in management from Texas Women's University and a BSBA in corporate communications from Hawaii oh, Pacific University. That's right, guys. Miss Stephanie Franco is Hawaiian. She believes in supporting the growth of entrepreneurs in all aspects of their business and is a huge advocate for goal setting, relationship building, and the power of networking. Now, she's not only worked with small businesses, private companies, but public and government and nonprofit sector. And she, get this, spent a year teaching English in South Korea. Hello, the girl is well-rounded. Now, I told y'all she has a wealth of information. She does. We're going to try to fit it all in in this little uh, few minutes we have in the podcast. But Stephanie, gosh, girl, that was so much. You are just a wealth of information, and I'm sure you um, it's oozing out of you. I see it all the time. So how in the world are we going to fit all this in, girl? I don't know. We're, we're going to do our best. We're going to do our we're best. We're going to do our best. We're going to do our best. 
Okay, so after all of that, you know, that was just a huge intro. So we pretty much know all there is to know. Um, I wouldn't say all, but we know a lot about, like, the pedigree, like your pedigree, where you came from and what you do. But tell us a little bit more. Like, what do you like to do for fun? Who are you? Who is this Stephanie Franco, and how did you manage to find yourself on this entrepreneurial journey? Oh, my gosh. That's, there's no short story, but I will <laughs> – make it brief as possible. I, I come from an island where we're just truly diverse with different people and races and, and, and uh, backgrounds. And I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was a little kid. And that's just something I wanted to do. I wanted to be a teacher, a lawyer, or a, or a businesswoman. And I was able to work in all aspects of, of, of law. I worked as a, a teacher. And, and now I'm an entrepreneur. And I, I just, my base Andrew, you know, is helping people. It's yes. that simple. I just want to help people. And I found that because I love to speak and I love strategy. I love to come up with a plan. It, marketing was, was best for me. It worked well and it was a good, it was a good um, industry to get into. I never seem like I'm working. It seems like I'm just telling people what to do. We're working on strategies. I'm listening to their stories, their passion stories. And it just kind of just fell through, like all the cards lined up. And that doesn't normally happen, but it's, but I was very blessed to have that opportunity. So I've been an entrepreneur, I would say nearly 10 years, but it, in my heart, my entrepreneur spirit has probably been since I was a little girl. So that's wow. over 25 years. So I've always and, wanted to sell, do stuff. So that, that sort of brings me to this next question. So, you know, what triggered it? I know you said that it started early and you've been an entrepreneur for the past 10 years plus, but what do you think was that defining moment in your life that sort of triggered it? Was there anything? I just, I couldn't say there was one day or one moment. There was just a series of moments that mm. things that just happened at one after the other. I'm very independent and a very hard head. And, and it, it, it's No, been, not you. Not you. Right. <laughs> I'm a hard head, but it's all out of love. I just, I fortunately was at a point where um, I was taught to be independent at an, at an early age. And with that, it comes leadership. It comes a lot of responsibility. And being an entrepreneur, that's exactly what you need, you know, independence. You have to learn to work with um, not only with yourself, uh, being the CEO, the CFO, the HR, mm -hmm. the customer service, but you also have to learn to work with uh, someone else, and that's where the leadership comes in. And so entrepreneurship, just it felt natural to me. I wanted to help others. I wanted to make my own schedule. You know, I really wanted to be the boss. Mm -hmm. And as an mm -hmm. entrepreneur, Andrew, you know that you can you can adjust your schedule. You have a flexible you know you have a flexible schedule. Uh, you have the opportunity to choose what type of industry you want to get into, and and that is just something that I was passionate about. And I, I can't tell you, I didn't wake up and say, "Aha, I'm going to be an entrepreneur." <laughs> I just knew from a young age I wanted to tell people what to do. <laughs> I wanted to help them, <laughs> and I wanted to have my own business and be in charge. And that's that's how it sparked. You know, you know, I've found, um, and you and I have had this conversation before, that, you know, um, that independence thing, that leadership thing, I know for me, I was a latchkey kid. You know, my parents had to work, and I was at home, and I had to fend for myself, so, and I was the oldest child, too. And so I was 
pretty much thrown into independence by default because my mom had to work and I was the oldest and I would come home and I would have to, you know, make sure I got my snack and do my chores and get my homework done. And I think that we are influenced by those things. And when I'm talking to people, I'm always getting them, trying to get them to understand that our influences uh, really help shape us. And it sounds like based yeah. on your 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 life and like your upbringing, you also were sort were sort of thrown into this. You got to fend for yourself situation for whatever reasons. Right. You know, parents working. You know, you know, you having to. You know, being the oldest. Whatever the situation was. You know, we you we were kind of put in these positions where we had to take care of ourselves for whatever reason. And I think that did foster a little bit of like. How is how are we gonna work for somebody else when we've been taking care of ourselves for so long? Right. Yeah. That, that's like that's it. That's exactly so right. It. Like, how can I take instructions? I've been given instructions since I was ten. You know, since I was seven. I, yes. I can't. Yes. <laughs> well, just something on the side note to make everyone laugh. Was, um, my I was raised by my grandparents, and my grandmother told me uh, that you need to figure out what you want to do because we're not going to be around that long. And so who's going to take care of you? So you have to learn to be independent and find ways to do things because we're older. And the thing is, my grandmother is still alive to this day. She's 80, she's 80, she'll be 87 this year. So uh, she's still alive and kicking and I'm grown with a family and children. But one of the things that she told me, which I do tell people when I'm on interviews, is just my family really shaped who I am and where I grew up and just that you know, you defend for yourself, it, it ties in with your business. It ties in with how you work with people, how you interact with people, and, and, and that, there are some pros and cons to that. But um, I love being independent, and, but as a leader, you can't be an independent leader. You right. have to be a team. You have teamwork. So there is that, that uh, sometimes, you know, we, have, we talk about, Andrew, where you're independent, but at the same time we have to work with each other because it's all about collaboration. It's about growing other leaders and other people to make sure that, you know, you're going to get that project out or reach that goal. That's uh, so it's, it's been a great up, upgrade, definitely. Yeah, right, exactly. And that sort of brings me to another point. You know, you're doing such a great job leading us into uh, in this conversation because, like you said, leadership, you can't be a leader if you don't have anybody following. You can't, so we are working either as the leader in a situation where we're coaching or we're teaching, we're educating, or we're working as a leader and we have, that leadership has been recognized and now we're collaborating or we're partnering with other people. And um, given that you have such an amazing Knacked for strategy. And guys, I can't say this enough. I mean, when it comes to strategizing and when it comes to networking, I mean, I just haven't found anybody greater at this point. You know, she has done, she's taught me so much, and I thought I was pretty darn good to begin with, but she has got some skills. Let me just tell you, what are you finding has been some of the biggest challenges? And let's start with, um, let's start with networking because I know that, um, you're very well versed in both, but networking is how I met you. So I want to kind of start there. How okay. what what challenges do you find people are facing with their networking and, and, and the ability to do it correctly? I think sometimes they overthink their thirty second pitch. You know, that's important. If you network and you go to an event, usually you have an opportunity to get up in front of a group or even one-on-one, and you have to, you know, harness your elevator pitch. And I know you Mm. wrote articles on that about 
harnessing your elevator pitch and, you know, how we talk about how it's so important. But I think what, um, just like your Facebook Live yesterday, uh, uh, your Facebook Live the other day, you had mentioned that people are all trying to sell, 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 sell. And networking is not about sell, sell, sell. It's not about where you go to an event and all you're doing is selling your product or service. You have to make sure that you, one, you stand out. Number two, that you're strategic. That's that word we're going to be using uh, a lot, I'm sure, through this podcast is strategic. Is you go in with a plan. And so many times people walk in and they have no idea what to do. They don't know, they don't know who they need to speak with. They, they are just selling and they're just throwing cards. And at the end of the day, to them, it may be a wasted event. And I said, no. You're not supposed to do that. Come in with a plan. Even if it's something simple, Andrea is saying, I want to meet three realtors or I want to meet, you know, I want to get people to sign up for my newsletter. Just come in with a plan. You can start very, very simple. And as you get more versed in networking, then you can add on other things and make it, uh, you know, add on other goals that you want to reach while you are at that event. And that's the event. But the follow-up aspect is knowing once you've made that contact with someone, it's to build a relationship and not spam them and not, not say, okay, uh, I'm going to add you to my list without your permission. It's building a relationship and knowing that if there's 100 people in a group, you're not going to talk to everyone. You know, you're just got to pick and choose, right? Pick and choose a right. couple, make connections, and look at the next step. And then, Yeah, and that's why then having it, a plan is so important because that you won't yeah. be out there trying to, you know, talk to every single person, you know, overwhelming yourself. You'll go in with a plan, like you said. Yes, unless you're the host. That's different. If well, then you do host, have to talk to everybody. Story. Right. Yeah, talk to everybody. Right. right. <laughs> that's different. Networking and hosting are different. You can do them both, but they're they have very different roles. You are so you're so so one of the things that they that people are challenged with in their networking is um, overthinking their thirty second pitch, and then the follow up has also been a problem. You said, is there anything else? Maybe. Yes. Let's see. You know, I guess. <clears throat> The 30-second pitch, and there's so much to the 30-second pitch. Uh, I mean, we could do a whole podcast follow-up. on the 30-second right, pitch, Right, we can. Honestly. We can even do a, we can even do a follow-up. We can even talk about the follow-up. Um, yeah, we could talk about that for a whole podcast. We could talk about that for a whole podcast. <laughs> so I, the three tips I would use is that one, follow-up, um, your 30-second pitch, and then, uh, you know, like I said, it's to have a plan. Those are three. Um, whatever your plan is, just understand that, so many people who are startup, they walk in not knowing what their company is, their company name, and their expectations are not realistic. They right. go in thinking they're going to sell and they're going to sell out the whole room and everyone's going to buy their, their product or their, their widget or exactly. use their services. And that's not what happens. It's going in with unrealistic expectations. expectations. Like, I'm going to sell the whole room. And when they don't, right, they get upset with the person who, who, who facilitated the process. I mean, how many times have we, you know, you and I have had this conversation yes. before where we um, are either we're the, the, um, the producer of a vendor event or we are attending a vendor event and you have complaints because, you know, people are, uh, assume that, you know, they had no responsibility in getting people there to purchase or they go into mm-hmm. these events thinking that the only way that they'll get a return on their investment is that if they make enough sales to get the return on their investment and they expect those sales to come on that day. But what we're saying, people, is that when you're intentional, you recognize and when you have a plan, you recognize that the return on your investment may not be monetary day of, but it could be 
the, the return on investment that day is all of the connections you make and all of the appointments you set. And that is still, once you get the money on the back end of that, is still an excellent return on the investment of whatever initial yes, investment you place to be at that uh, vendor event in the first place. So what Stephanie you know, I'm sure you're, you'll agree that, you know, with that whole having a plan and developing a strategy, you take all that into account, right? Yes, that's exactly it. Those are the three things. Having a plan, you know, to, um, you know, knowing your 30 seconds, why are you there, you know, what are, and having, you know, your goals, and also just, you know, understanding that it's not overnight. That's, that's what everyone is focused on with networking and just marketing in general is that I am here day one and day two, I'm going to make a million dollars because I posted something or I went to an event and it doesn't happen. It is, it will take time. And so that's why there's the power in the follow-up. And that is by far one of the things people need to do is understand how to follow up correctly and properly without overwhelming the people that's that you right, meet at networking events. The money is sometimes in the follow-up. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. You and I so, personally know that. <laughs> you know that. I know, exactly, exactly. Good idea to have a good follow-up plan. Let me ask you, because we talked about this 30-second pitch, and guys, I'm full disclosure, um, you know, I'm a, I told you I'm a talker. We talked about that. And so I struggled. Even though I know exactly what I'm sharing with people, I know exactly what I'm trying to sell, I, have no, I know what my value is, none of that has been the issue for me. But I talk too much. And so, you know, I would go to these events and sometimes Stephanie and I would be riding together and I was like, okay, what do you think about this one? <laughs> I mean, it's like I'm going on and on. And right. Stephanie's like, okay, well, that's good, but, you know, it's not really doing this or you said too much about that. So talk to us a little bit about, I mean, I know we don't want to do a whole podcast on a 30-second 30 30 uh, elevator pitch, but, like, how can we – Slim it down. Like, what are major elements we should have? I mean, obviously, your name should be in there, and the name of your business should be in there. But how do we, you know, what advice can you give us to sort of pull out that one thing? Because you do such a, you do a really good job. So, is there anything you can share with us that we can, like, give us that one really good tip or like one that you can think of right now? Maybe it's not the best one you could think of, but just one you can think of. Advice for the thirty second. I will say, of course. What you want to put in a 30-second is probably best. You know, of course, your your name, um, your business name, maybe your title. 30 seconds is not a lot. It's not a lot mm-hmm. of time. So you can't go on and And on. she times you people um, at her events. She's like, okay, that's it, great. I time. I time. And then I let everyone know that this person went over. Uh, and it all depends on the group itself. If you feel, as a host, if you feel that the group is more casual and they're more fun, and then, you, you know, you can – I actually play with it. pick on a few people, right? I pick on a few people there that I know that me. wouldn't mind me. Pick on me. <laughs> I do pick on Andrea. I pick on people who are like, no problem, Stephanie. And sometimes they know and sometimes they don't. But um, one thing is, you know, to have a call to action, have one call to action. Perfect. What is that call to action? Is whether uh, you're adding people to your email list, you have an upcoming event, just something where, hey, you say you're 30 seconds and you just end. Uh, that's not going to be, that's not a good 30-second pitch. What is your call to action? Do you have an event, a service, a special, something? Come check me out. Like me on Facebook. Just anything, one one call to 
call to action is what I would give in um, with this question you asked, Andrew, is to have a call to action. And that, that goes all the way back to the very first thing. Well, not the first thing, but the having a plan and being intentional with your networking in the first place. I mean, if you're doing a 30-second mm-hmm. pitch, you're there for a reason. And don't you want to tell them? They give you this. They give you the spotlight for 30 seconds. Don't you want to tell people why you're there? Because you never know, you know, who could help you. I mean, gosh, just by mm-hmm. saying it and having that attention on you, you could kill yourself a lot of time. You know, you, you know, just by saying it in that in that you 30 could. seconds. So that's well, that's, people tend to say. Andrew, people tend to say all of their services in their 30 seconds. Exactly. And if you have four or five services, I do A, I do B, I do C, I do D. It doesn't, it doesn't tell you what problem you solve for businesses. It doesn't tell you what your call to action. You're just telling people your services. So have them say, what is the reason why I should reach out to you? What is the reason why I should work with Andrea Patrick? Oh, my gosh, because she is going to help me, you know, A, B, right. C. And that is why. So That value. Yes, the value. you're telling. So, so see, you just you probably don't even know you did it, but you just in that time that she just talked, ladies and gentlemen, that's how good she is. She just gave you another whole tip. So it's not just your name and your business, your title, and the call to action, but telling them what your value is, right? Don't sell, sell, sell. Yes. Give them a call to action, but why should they take them, take you up on it? They got to know what your value is. That's the perfect yes. opportunity to tell them why you should why they should choose you over someone else. Because how many times have we been in a networking meeting and there are six other people there that do exactly or similar things to what we do, right? So There's we've got to stand out. Yeah. We've got to share share our value because they're going to share theirs nine times out of ten, especially if they're more experienced with networking than you know we are. So those are very good tips. I love it. So now let's move over and shift gears, pivot, if you will, to the strategic marketing. So what are some tips and tricks you can give us to, like, so what are some challenges, I guess, um, that was the question, what are challenges that people face with being strategic with their marketing? And aside from the fact from not really understanding it or valuing marketing anyway, let's just, that could be a whole other podcast as well. But um, let's assume for the sake of this particular podcast that, the listeners are um, very interested and um, willing to take on this whole marketing thing. How? What are some challenges you've seen, you know, with their with their strategies? Uh, I would or besides say that, lack of having one. <laughs> of course, that's well. That was one, just not having one in general. But even those uh, clients that I work with, uh, they would come up to me and say, Stephanie, I need help with my marketing, and I don't know what to do. And I, I always go back to your passion. What's your passion? What is the reason why you started it? And then, you know, there's some other things that I do as a strategist to develop a plan. But um, a lot of times they walk in clueless, not knowing what to do, or, uh, you know, going back to expectations. It's, 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 it's kind of like going in circles. It's almost like networking. Their intention is when they're, when they're doing strategic marketing is all they want to do is sell. They don't understand that it takes, you know, it's overnight success. I mean, so there's no overnight success. You, you, you must be um, like intentional. You must be authentic in what you're doing because people can read you and they know that you're fake. Um, you must provide great content. And they don't, a lot of times, they don't understand marketing in general. How does marketing work? And they confuse marketing with sales and marketing with mm-hmm, advertising. Mm-hmm. And they, they assume that a marketing strategist helps design graphics. And, and every, you know, marketing strategist 
doesn't. There's graphic designers that do that. There are people who work in different areas of marketing. And one of the challenges I think that they face is when they come to you, they want you to do everything for you. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that doesn't work. And they want you to implement it. And that's a frustration, but a challenge is, you know, I do not implement all these strategies. Um, you have to be intentional, right, Andrew? They have to go out and do right. it themselves. Here's the tools. This is what we discussed. And here's a plan of action. And now it is your turn to go out there. And so many of the businesses I work with, when they're needing help with strategic marketing, they don't know where to go, even with a plan of action. And mm-hmm. we do plan of actions for our clients all the time. And they still want you to do it for them. And right. it, is, it is a struggle. But at the same time, it's just making them understand that this is your business. You want to grow. And you do not want to shut down. So let's sit down, let's work on this, let's get it going so you can start seeing some return through hard work and through time. So mm-hmm. strategic marketing is not summarized as something so simple. It, it, it's very, very detailed. Subjective. And yes, very, very subjective. So there's no, like, baseline answer. It's just There's no tangible product that comes out of no. a result, like, of a strategy yes. session. But, you know, I think yes. that it also we have this, I don't know, you tell me if you agree, but this fear of like a feel of, of, of looking like you don't know what you're doing and I, and, I, and I'll explain so like you know let's say you have a product or a service and you are very well versed in that area in that industry but to reach out to someone about how to communicate that value to someone else ie your marketing mm-hmm. um, there could sometimes be I found a fear that you will look like you don't know what you're doing simply because you don't know how to share what you're doing. And I think what people need to understand about strategic marketing, what you do and some of the some of the components I do as well, not about whether or not you're you're an expert in your area, but it's about helping you share it in a strategic way that gets yeah. the word out so you can sell more of it. And of course. you know we sh- we have to really dispel that 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 thought because it's just not true it's not we're not here it's we're not here to give you a a logo we're not here to um, do your social media posting for you but we can give you a strategy to use Stephanie is um, I mean an expert at this I mean I believe just knowing her that I think this is another product of her upbringing and doing things the best way she knew how and um, be, being efficient and effective at the same time because she has this, this incredible ability to develop strategies for the smallest of budgets. But then she can also give you strategy for like the biggest of budgets. And I think that's what makes her so valuable to her clients because it doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum. You don't have to fear the strategy and because she can give it to you and I think we need to kind of get away from as business owners small business owners startups um, seasoned business owners we need to get away from that fear of um, you know someone telling us how to do our strategic marketing you know for fear of looking like you are not an expert in your area because one really has nothing to do with the other right that's true yes I yeah, get that I mean, all the time that fear. I don't know. I don't want to sound silly. I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. and I just tell them, well, then, then you don't post anything. You don't share anything. You don't 
we don't do any marketing and you now have no exposure. So if you are connected to your business, like there's a reason you started it. Nine times out of ten, you had a passion and you felt like you had a talent that was valuable that other people needed, right? So you're connected to it in some way. And when you start to pull from that personal piece that started in the first place, that's what relates to all the customers. And so then all the strategy becomes much easier because you're not having to re- – you're not trying to invent something to say. It's just oozing out of you because that's the reason you started it in the first place. So I think people are afraid of it because they don't know – that we're not out here to make you feel like you don't know what you're doing in your industry. We just want to help you share it and spread the word. Mm-hmm. So there is a there's and refine a it. and refine yeah. it too. Refine exactly. your message exactly. Refine it, fine tune it a little bit to make it clearer and more exactly. concise. So I put down here mm-hmm. that you people um, some of the challenges you talked about were the you know just really tapping into the passion and reason for them you know starting their business in the first place and i think one of the big ones you said was just their expectations being skewed um mm-hmm. you know for what uh, strategic marketers do or marketers in general do and then the the next like the biggest biggest thing is that whole instant gratification thing guys it's organic you know if you if you want yeah. lasting traffic and loyal customers and engagement you have to be you know ready to, to go along for the ride. It's not going to happen overnight, like Stephanie said. So, guys, okay, so, Stephanie, I have, um, we talked about the, the the networking and the strategic marketing um, and sort of some of the challenges and stuff, but let's just kind of combine them now because I want to get a little bit deeper into the, the PB of our PB and style and just sort of talk about the importance of, like, really knowing and understanding the value that you're bringing to the table and how it plays into your strategic marketing and your networking and how. Like, how does it play and why is it important? Well, I think it's really about confidence. Yeah. A lot of it is about confidence, big time. And once you're confident about what you do and who you are, uh, you can easily go out to an event and your confidence will shine. Uh, you can easily post on social media knowing that what I'm sharing is exactly the message that I want people to see and know of me as a person, as a business owner, uh, and it's uniform, like uniform branding. Mm-hmm. It is that personal message and the consistency. And I'll tell you, uh, everyone listening uh, you know, on podcast, I'm very confident, but I'm human. Before I get up to speak in front of a group, I'm nervous like everyone else. Um, before I do my 30 seconds, I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, but it's not faking it or putting on a show. It's understanding that everyone in that group, everyone has to get up and do their 30 seconds, and they don't know what I didn't say. They don't know what I missed. They're, they're not, they're, uh, yeah, I could have the worst 30-second presentation out there, and you know what? It will be memorable for the positive, you know, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's just we understand we're going we're gonna to fall, but we just have to get back up again. When exactly. it comes to your image on social media, when it comes to your, even just your print materials, all those things, if you can make it uniform and make sure that your message in terms of who you are and what you say is authentic and clear, then people will see it. They'll see it on when you're on, if you're having a live show, a live interview, when you're speaking. I'm the first person to tell people I chew up words, I get nervous. Sometimes I mispronounce words because I talk too fast. 
And those are things <laughs> I'm internally working on through my contacts and through, through people who are giving me uh, tips and, and my mentors. Slow down. Take it easy. That's not clear enough. And so mm-hmm. I'm always working on improving myself as uh, so my branding comes out clear. I want people to know who Diversity Solutions is. I want you to know that I'm, a, I'm confident, that I'm a leader, that I'm going to help you solve your marketing issue. I'm going to work with, you know, various budgets, but I want your expectations to, you know, your expectations need to be aligned with your goal. Mm-hmm. Like I, people know me. They know exactly who I am when I go to an event because I'm a talker. And, and for those who are um, introverts, there's a strategy for you as well. You just got to pull the things that work for you and you make that shine. And even if it's that one event or that one piece of material, you have to make sure that your personality is shine. Your, your branding is uniform and consistent across all the boards. That's awesome. And, that and, and the big. only way to do that is to know what your value is and know what you're bringing what to the table. What your value is. Right. You know, and, and a lot of it is confidence. A lot exactly. of it is confidence. She actually um, gave us three C's, guys, and I think I want to. This I think it's worth noting because it's something that I talk about all the time. But she talked about confidence is um, one element, but then your confidence makes you more comfortable doing the things that you're doing, whether it's speaking or presenting social media or whatever it is. And then also she talked about consistency, and when you're confident and you're able to be more comfortable in the way you present yourself and your brand, now you can be consistent. So those were three C's. Thank you. You're welcome, everybody. I just picked that up for you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, so I want to take a quick little break and come back, and, sh- and we'll get to the style element of PBN style. We're going to find out a little bit more about how Stephanie does business and how she operates. And uh, So just hang tight. We'll be right back. The bright lights in big city may not be where you are, but Lady Suburbia is here to stand in the gap. Whether you're a small business, female entrepreneur, or just aspiring to be both. You'll love all Lady Suburbia has to offer. It's a new marketing platform that features female entrepreneurs. You can check out weekly blogs, live interviews, chic office supply kits, and purchase a Lady Biz box with items filled by female entrepreneurs. So visit Stephanie Franco at LadySuburbia.com today. Okay, we are back. Again, everybody, we are here on PBN Style with my good friend, Ms. Stephanie Franco of Diversity Solutions Marketing. We are so excited to have her here, and we're going to dive right back in this last half of this podcast. So, all right, my little networking queen, give us some uh, of your secret networking tips. Like we talked about having a plan and like having a, uh, a good 30-second speech, but Give us, you know, if you had to give us a checklist of some things that would make us close to a master networker like yourself, what, what would you do? Give us some tips. I know one thing. I'm going to see if you mention it. <laughs> one of the things that I started doing more recently in the past couple of years is, is um, talking to the host. Mm. Finding out who the host is, the host, uh, and uh, she or he or whoever's the organizer or the coordinator of the event. And I've learned that through networking with other people and, and, and because I know at an event I can't talk to, especially a large event, 50 or 60 or more, I cannot hit every single person. It's not going to work. I come in with a plan. But at the very least, is I in- introduce myself to the organizer and I spend some time with her or him and thank them for the opportunity, uh, see if I can help. 
actually ask to see if they need help setting up. I'm not afraid to get, <laughs> you know, to do the elbow. Yes, yeah, she, will roll, her, she will roll her will. sleeves up and help. <laughs> I will roll my sleeves up to help at events, especially if it's someone that I know. But I'm always asking, how can I help? You know, how can I help you? Do you need help with anything? And that's one. That's, you may not do it every event, but that's something that I personally do if um, I'm able to find the, the organizer if he or she is there. Uh, number two is sometimes at uh, networking events, uh, when you give your 30 seconds, I, I change it up, and I, I just don't talk about my, my business, and my call to action may be a little different. Um, I try to change it up uh, every now and again. And how I do it is, Andrea laughs at me, is um, I talk to myself a lot. And it sounds crazy, but if <laughs> I, have, I have young children and my house is always chaotic and I never seem to have any quiet time. So while I'm driving to a networking event, I'm practicing my 30 seconds or my one minute, and I'm doing it in the car because that's, that's the one for me. <laughs> that's that's why it is quiet time. So as I'm driving and if someone is with me, sometimes I'll practice with them if they're, I'm riding with them just because that gives me a time where it's a little quiet. I'm heading to the event and I'm saying, what is my goal? That, going, that goes back to the plan, Andrew, right? It goes back to the plan. What's my goal for today? Well, you know what? I really want to highlight A or I want to highlight B. But I practice in the car um, as I'm driving. I practice when I'm, I'm walking at the park. I'm practice, I practice just in random places where I find serenity and quietness <laughs> and peacefulness. That's sort of my style. It's really, it's really cool. Talking to the host, practicing beforehand. Uh, and another, another thing I to be over, you know, for three. Another thing with my style is uh, I have, um, I take a, a, with my business card, um, or when I'm collecting business cards, I will um, always have a piece of paper. I'll have a notebook or a paper that I can write on, um, or I'll write on the back of someone's card. And I'll put little tips about um, what we talked about, um, not so much what they look like or what color they were wearing, but something that I can remember them. You know, she is, an in, she is looking for this industry or he needs this or they want to know about my nonprofit or they have a question regarding this or I need to get them connected to, you know, Andrea because they, exa- they need exactly what Andrea is providing. And so I'll do that on the back of, of cards or have a paper so that I have like a networking kit set So because um, I'm not going to remember every single person I meet, um, but I will go ahead while if I have their card to write notes on the back and then I'll fold it. So when I get home, I know that that's sort of the priority of the follow-up. Who am I going to reach out to first are the people usually with the folded cards. And then there's other individuals too, but these are sort of like the top line uh, of, mm. of who I will connect with first. And that's, that's just a couple. I have, I have more, but those are just, you know, just something to take away. You will find uh, that you may have your own you know, tips when you're networking. You may be a nat- master networker as well, but those are three things. And they always change, but those are something I always do. I make sure I meet the host. I talk to that person. I thank them for having an event, whether it's before, you know, getting there early or during the event or when the event's done. I always make sure I go to the host, no matter how busy he or she is, just to say, I'm here. I thank you so much for inviting me. This has turned out great. Just to have that connection. And I'll tell you one thing, Andrea, the host will usually introduce me to someone. Mm. And, and it's all, you need to meet Stephanie Franco. You need to meet her. She's with this company or this company or she's, she does this. And that is great because now they're trying to spend their day finding people to get me connected with. And that cuts down 
Oh, and, you started, and you started as a head, right? So yeah. the person yeah. who organized it knows who she invited and where they all came from. And so you pretty much started as the head and kind of um, for, you know, you kind of went past the middleman and went straight up to the yeah. top and they can point you in the direction, right? That's, that's a good, that's I mean, a good piece right there. Good, so. Those are I love three. That. Those are three. We can talk for hours about. We could, we can go on and on. I'm trying to cut it short. I'm like, like what can, I don't want to go there because I know that's going to take us a while to talk about, but yes. um, <laughs> so I'm trying to like filter through, like thinking through my mind, like what can I say that won't take us down an hour, another hour road? Another hour. Um, but you know, you know, like I said, I told, I said, I've told everyone how awesome I think you are with developing strategies, and you've helped me to see some things differently in the in the past few months. But um, how have your personal preferences affected your personal marketing strategies? And what I mean by that is, you know, um, we just talked about when you know yourself and you understand your value, you kind of know how to. Um, be more comfortable in any given circumstance. And I call them circumstances for optimal success, creating them for yourself. But you have to know yourself. So what have you found about your own personal preferences that have affected the way you strategize your business, your marketing for your business? I think in the beginning when I first started networking, I wanted to talk to everyone. I wanted to have one-on-ones with everyone. Mm-hmm. I wanted because I just want to help. So I was like, yes, 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 yes. Do you want to have a one on one? Yes, let's meet. Yes, yes. And I just <laughs> asked saying yes to everybody. <laughs> and my business was growing a little bit, but I was just spending so much time having all these appointments and one on ones and going to all these networking events, which helped me where you know, to develop where my business is now. But I feel like I wasted so much time just saying yes to everybody. Sure, let's meet. Sure, let's mm-hmm. meet. Sure, let's meet. And so some of my, my preferences is a lot of people want to meet with me for one-on-ones, and it's very hard with my schedule. And so I've adjusted my time to doing some virtual one-on-ones and phone calls, uh, but I've also sort of eliminated there's just so many people in a particular industry that I find hard to send referrals to. And so I don't want to stop networking with them. I don't want to stop building relationships because those industries, people come and go. Um, right. So what I've done is when I go to events, I've noticed in the end that I will refer, if I can't refer a business to you, I will refer an event that you may be interested in, an mm. event that it's your target market. Um, and so I'm still helping, but now right. I'm not having to, you know, Andrew, okay, everyone, we're going to meet 50, I'm going to meet thousands of people, I'm going to have right. 200 one-on-ones this week, and, um, and it's my time. Like, my time is very important to me, and so I'm still using the aspect of, you know, my preference of helping people. I love helping, I love giving back, but I'm making sure that now I know I'm not going to be able to send referrals to every single person that comes my way, but let me help you and send you to an event or tell you about an upcoming event or something that you mentioned that I wrote down in here. And I think right. they appreciate that because it's not always about the sale. Um, I just don't, I don't like to spend, uh, my one-on-ones can go three, four hours, and then I'm not being productive with my business. So I had to cut down on one-on-ones. I had to cut down on who I meet and time. And I also, I also had to, you know, make a stand where, um, you know, I'm not, like I, I'm not going to meet in person as often as I used to. I'm not going to have four-hour one-on-ones anymore. I'm mm-hmm. not going to, you know, drive three hours. Um, and I'm going to, you know, make sure I confirm way in advance because so many times we've gone to one-on-ones, Andrew, right, and people have not shown up. Right. They just didn't show up, and it's a waste of time. So there's certain things that I, you know, I, you're negotiables, right? I, these are, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to do this. Right, um, exactly. And I've only seen my business and my time 
flourish. I've seen more time uh, to do other things, and I'm, I'm very productive with networking. So if I meet with someone and I have a phone call with them or I meet them in person, I truly tell them uh, that I am so busy, that my time is so precious and so almost like we're meeting, but guess what? I value you so much that we're meeting, and I want to make sure that, you know, we can make we it as productive as possible, time. and we maximize the time. So there's, there's, I mean, there's thousands of things, but with my personal preferences, I've just learned not to have to give everything, not to tell everybody everything, not to mm-hmm. tell my whole life story at, an, at a one-on-one, not to spend so much time, uh, you know, pushing things that they don't need. I don't need to sell, and, and I don't want people to sell to me. And I will get up and tell them straight up that I don't want to be sold to and that we right. have to end it short um, because my You're, time is important. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, you're more protective. Like, you sort of realize that your life, you have to have boundaries, and you, you've learned how to do that, especially, like, you know, taking control of your calendar and your time. And, You're right. Um, but then, you know, you sort of realize, you kind of grow up in your business and you realize, no, that's not the best use of my time. That's how, that's not how I'm going to be most effective in my business. And so You're you do start to, right. it's hard to put into words to people. And you just really put it, gave them an excellent example of why it's so important for you to know yourself. Because how many people have we met, Stephanie, networking who are, running around like chickens with their heads cut off, trying to make sure that they get every one-on-one in and they want to make sure that they do a one-on-one with everybody in the networking group. I mean, there are some networking groups who tell you, you know, make sure you do a one-on-one with everybody. You know, that's just not necessary. And at some point, you know, you get tired and you're, you know, you burn yourself out. That's happened to me. I I burned Mm -hmm. myself out on networking because I wasn't seeing the results that I thought I should have been getting from networking, but that was because I didn't have, back to what you said at the beginning, I didn't have a plan, I didn't have any intention, I didn't have any, like, strategy involved in it, and I was just going around trying to talk to as many people as I possibly could. And in some instances, yeah, that could be a good idea, but you still have to be strategic with that. Some of the virtual one-on-ones in my virtual are fun. They're very, they're fun because it's, time management wise you can get more done right uh, than driving and having a one-on-one and i still do those we still do those so it's not right. that I completely eliminated I'm right just, we don't I'm but just, we're strategic again which brings us yes. back to the whole purpose of this podcast is that we are being strategic in our marketing and our networking um yes. and we yeah. have to pick and choose but i think the summary of all of this, and we're gonna—I want to kind of get to some of the things that Stephanie has coming up and some of her um, uh, business offerings here in just a second. But I think to summarize this entire podcast, you know, strategic marketing and uh, networking are all components of our businesses. A that we need—they're very vital components of our business for growth. But then also, they both come from a place. If you're going to do them well. They both come from a place of us understanding our value because when we understand who we are and the true reason for us doing business in the first place, we are much more protective of our time and our energy spent to build that business. And so that's why strategic marketing is so important and that is why networking and being intentional and having a plan is so important. Would you agree? I I agree, hundred percent. Where where can we check you out? Like, what can we do? Sure. What can we? How can we become a client of Miss Stephanie Franco? 
Awesome. So right now, uh, my website, diversitysolutionstx.com, is actually under development. I am rebranding my homepage, and it's going to look really nice, and it'll be easier easier to navigate, uh, more informational uh, per se. So I'm excited about that, offering some new products and services. but right now, you can follow me on Facebook. I'm at uh, Diversity Solutions. I'm on Twitter at Biz Marketing Coach, B-I-Z-M-K-T-G Coach, also on Instagram. So that's how you can follow me. But I have so many projects going on besides being the founder and board president of a nonprofit uh, called Work Community. You can check them out on Facebook. Uh, we are having a launch in New York in September, and that's so fun. It's a volunteer. We volunteer, and we're, we're helping to grow uh, women small business owners and help them with resources. Nice. For the marketing side, you know, there is a new – a new site that I am launching called Lady Suburbia, and that's where a lot of my my work has been uh, focusing on during the summer. And I'm so excited. I'll be having a crowdfunding campaign. If you follow me on social media, let's check out Lady Suburbia or on uh, Lady Suburbia 1 on Twitter, then you'll see some of the products and services that we're going to have. So it's going to be very exciting, and it's a subscription box service uh, with products for female entrepreneurs, and then we'll have some um, elements of marketing on there too to help you with your marketing, some marketing packages to help you with uh, interview and blogs and, and so much more. And that's just a little take. That's just a little take. So that's exciting. It's so exciting. I'm excited. I've been kind of on the roller coaster ride with her. So I'm really excited about it. Yes. Thank you again, Miss Stephanie, for being on the podcast. Okay. Appreciate you, girl. Thank you for having me, Andrea. You're welcome. All right. All right, guys. Have a good day. Don't forget to opt into the PBN Style email list found at the bottom of each blog post. Every cook has her secrets, and that's where you'll find mine. Until next time, be the brand with PB and Style. Don't forget to join Andrea over on our website where all the deliciousness really happens at andreapatrick.com. You can also find her on Facebook at AF Patrick Consult, Twitter at Andrea F. Patrick, LinkedIn at AF Patrick, and Instagram at AF Patrick. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.